another Gio Urshela rumor. Apparently, the Yankees are still interested. Where is he going? Where are they playing him? You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gatsoulias, and today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, what's going on today? Hey, what's up, Stace? Thanks for clicking on the show today, guys. We got a, some stuff going on. There's some stuff going on. We're closing in on pitchers and catchers here in a couple of days. Uh, later on in the show, our friend from Locked On MLB Prospects, Lindsey Crosby, broke down the Yankees' farm system. We wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit, show you some clips from that. That'll be later on. Also later on, of course, some news coming out, some details about what happened in those trade talks with the Milwaukee Brewers for Corbin Burns. Who did they ask for from the Yankees? And was it the right move to say no? That's going to come up later. But of course, Stacey, speaking of rumors, trades, and all this stuff, <laughs> another Gio Urshela rumor. <laughs> Apparently, the Yankees are still interested. If you missed it earlier in the offseason, a couple of weeks ago, we reported on this that the Yankees had some sort of interest in a reunion with Gio Urshela. And apparently, that's still true. Gio Urshela remains unsigned as of this recording, which we always timestamp 7.09 Eastern on February 7th. But apparently, Stace, the Yanks still are kicking this idea around. Uh, this is coming from John Morosi on MLB Network on Wednesday, said that, quote, three teams in particular stand out as having interest in Gio Urshela. And then those include the Yankees, Mets, and Miami Marlins are uh, resident cover guy our resident uh beat writer brian hoke went on to say that he heard that the mets and yankees both shown interest in Gio Urshela, but that the angels and marlins have made better offers at the time hmm. stace we're still doing this when it comes to Gio Urshela. uh we, we we dissected it then but we got to dissect it again now where is he going <laughs> Where are they playing him? And who are they or who are they moving out of a position for him to play third all the time? Right. Like that would be that would be the only option. He wouldn't come here to be a part time player. So I don't see how this is even still a thing or a thing again. How are we here again? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, I like this Hoke report because it kind of puts a little you know, reality on the situation here. Mm -hmm. The angels have much more of a need on the infield than the Yankees do. The Marlins do as well. Right. Uh, I, I mean, when it comes to the roster construction right now, we've been saying it here for a few weeks that the, the infield and the outfield is pretty darn set. Position yeah. players are pretty darn set. Uh, you can still say that there's a conversation uh, for the second catcher uh, a little bit here. That's going to come down to a little bit of spring training stuff. Maybe for Oswald Peraza, maybe, but like it still seems pretty set in stone uh, for our uh, YouTube viewers. We'll throw up the 2.0 Locked on Yankees projected mm -hmm. roster on screen now. And you're looking at it. We just went over this the other day. Uh, but just if you're looking at it again, you know, uh, once more, the it's pretty set in stone here. You don't have much wiggle room unless there's an injury. When it comes to Gio Urshela for me, Stacey, like. 
he had a good year when he was before he got hurt. He was he was playing pretty nicely. His average was up, his power was down, but like he was hitting well. But when it comes to where he fits on this roster, which you're you're alluding to here, is yeah, where 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 would he go? Because you're already running up against DJ versus Oswald at third. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about where Urshela fits in elsewhere, it's like, well, he's not taking Volpe's spot. No. If Oswald wasn't taking Volpe's spot, Gio's not going to take Volpe's spot. He's not taking Glaber's spot at second. Mm-mm. Rizzo's going to have every chance to succeed at first with LeMahieu behind him there. Right. <laughs> so without an injury, where does Gio go? And I, I, we, I like to bring this up on the show too, Stacey, and I think I did last time. It's not just that the Yankees are, get him. They have to convince him. Right. <laughs> so it's like, what's the pitch to Gio Urshela? Hey, you can be in a bench role for us. When the Marlins and the Angels are going, dude, you could probably start every day here. Right. <laughs> so it's like, w- w- what's the benefit for Gio Urshela? There always has to be that side of the coin. I feel like that gets a lost a lot, especially in free agency talks. It's like th- he's got to want to play there and he's got to have a spot to play. And it doesn't feel like there's any of that here. Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't think also I agree that I don't think he's going to be like, yeah, I'll be a utility guy for you guys. No, <laughs> he's not going to accept that when other teams are offering a full time position for him. And especially, I mean, I could see him going back to the Angels, you know, he was there. And, um, you know, like, I don't see a situation where he's like, uh, oh, you know, I want to I want to play with the Yankees again so badly that, yeah, I'll take a utility role. No, <laughs> that's not going to happen because I've seen some people say that. And I'm like, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen at all. Yeah. And I don't know. It's It's just. It's baffling to me, just like the IKF stuff, just like the Matt Chapman stuff. Like, I don't put this too far out of those same realms when it comes to Gio Urshela. Look, I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good player. I, you know, his time in New York was pretty good from 2019 to 2021. He was pretty darn good, man. Like he was. But, you know, coming off of that injury, too, you don't Mm. know how he's going to respond. And for a roster that is was jammed last year a little bit especially (laughs) on the infield and hasn't really changed much heading into 2024 like yeah i get it but it's just the the i I get like okay yes he has more major league track record than oswaldo cabrera or oswald peraza yes but does he want that like think of it this way right think of it this way if you're choosing between four job offers just as a person like say you work in pr or marketing or something right just a regular run-in-the-mill job one of them's offering you a part-time position. One of them's offering you a full-time position. One of you is offering part-time remote. And one of you is, one of them's offering you full-time remote. Well, you're probably not considering the two part-time jobs. Right. <laughs> you're <laughs> probably going like, well, do I want to work in the office or do I want to be work from home? <laughs> oh, I'm probably going to take work from home so I can save on gas and I don't have to hop on a subway at any time. And boom, done. Yeah. Full-time work from home. Yeah. That's the job I'm going to pick. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where you got to put your head at when it comes to free agency too, especially when a player in this regard reportedly has multiple offers or at least right. multiple teams who have interest. Well, then now you can kind of finagle like, okay, well, I don't necessarily care about the, you know, 0.5 million dollars. That's, you know, that's kind of splitting hairs for a major league or whatever. That's fine. I don't care. But is it a good team? Is it going to be a fun team? Do I like the manager? Like those are the types of things that come to fruition. And especially how much am I going to be playing dude? Cause I want to play. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like that would be the case without any injuries in New York. Right. It's about the playing time. He's he's he wouldn't get it here unless they decide to suddenly make some weird move and get rid of someone. But who would they get rid of? So I I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I just think it's just more chatter. You know, we're getting down to the last week before pitchers and catchers report and all these rumors are going to come out because, you know, there's still guys who are unsigned. And by the way, thank you for reminding me about IKF. I forgot he went to the Blue Jays because when I was making fun of them for not making any moves, I forgot they, <laughs> that they signed him too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's funny. You did mention that the other day. Totally. Mm -hmm. I kind of forgot about that, too. It's mm -hmm. been a long but short off season. That's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let us know in the comments section how you're feeling about this Gio Urshela rumor. Again, uh, I'm sure if you've been in every day or you watched that episode or listened to that episode a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it. But the fact that it's popping up again is is a little baffling. And of course, you know, the position player market has just been baffling in general. Uh, yeah. This offseason, it's been it's been a little weird. And of course, the, the trade market for the pitching side has been yikes. Uh, <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about next. Uh, don't forget to leave your fan mail Friday questions. That's coming up on tomorrow's episode. So get your questions in now while you still can reply to that pinned comment on YouTube. Or, of course, you can always guarantee answers to your questions by joining the Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club. There's a 14 day free trial in the episode description. Get a whole bunch of really cool perks. You can text Stacy. You can text me and we will chat one on one with you over there. Again, link in the episode description for today for trial. Try it, like it, stick around. All right. Speaking of stick around, stick around next because apparently the Brewers asked for the Yankees' top prospect when considering the Corbin Burns trade. Yankees said no. Was that smart? Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. What would you do with an extra 100 bucks in Vegas? I would probably use it towards a day spa. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And if you're in the New York area, you can get NBA and NHL tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts, and it's the place to find last minute seats. And Game Time guarantee means you'll get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Back here on today's Locked on Yankees Thursday edition of the show. Uh, don't forget for you everydayers out there, if you can't get enough of the Locked on Podcast Network, of course, you can check out the Locked on Sports Today YouTube channel, 24-7 streaming channel on every day, all day, top stories, top shows. Check it out here on the YouTube side. We highly encourage it. Uh, and of course, Fan Mail Friday is tomorrow, as we mentioned already. So make sure to get those questions in every Friday on Locked on Yankees moving forward. Stacy, uh, we got some details here about some of the trade talks that happened between the Yankees and the Milwaukee Brewers. Of course, we know what was going on when they chatted with the Chicago White Sox and what they were asking for Dylan Cease. And according to John Heyman in his reports on Bleacher Report, he said that the Milwaukee Brewers 
asked for Spencer Jones, which essentially ended the conversation there. The Yankees are like, nope, thank you very much. Check, please. And they are on their way. Uh, remember, they asked for Jones as well in Chicago, the White Sox and the Dylan Cease conversations. Of course, the Orioles ended up sending out DL Hall, left-handed starter, and uh, kind of utility infielder Joey Hall. Joey Hall had a really good season last year with the Norfolk Tides. DL Hall is obviously one of the top pitching prospects in the Orioles system or was one of the top prospects in the uh, <laughs> Orioles system. Now he'll be competing for a spot with the Milwaukee Brewers Big League Club. Stace asked for Spencer Jones. That's been the market here for pitching and twice the Yankees have balked at it. How do you feel about that? I'm not sure how I feel about that. Should I be mad at the Yankees or should I be mad at the other teams for asking for him but then getting not something lesser because those are two good prospects, but it just feels like <laughs> other teams always want the most from the Yankees <laughs> and take other things from other people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, Dia Hall has been really, really good. Like he yeah. really has been. And, and he looks like he's going to be a good big leaguer. Joey Hall, like I mentioned, uh, was, uh, was, was really, I'm oh, sorry, Joey Ortiz mixed that up. Joey Ortiz uh, was really good with Norfolk last year in triple a. So like, these are these are part of a really good crop of what would have been future Orioles. Oh yeah. Right. So yeah. so like they they got something for it. Now mm -hmm. the move in itself, you can completely make a dissertation on what's going on there in Milwaukee, why they're doing that, why they're signing some guys and seemingly making moves to try and be competitive, but while well, on the same front, getting rid of guys who are supposed to be there to be competitive. It is a little confusing in Milwaukee. We've kind of touched on that a little. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I guess I, I kind of wanted to go into this side of it too, Stacey. You can look at the positive here. We've looked at the positive a lot about this offseason. Obviously, Juan Soto is massive, and I, I like the Marcus Stroman signing. Uh, and I feel like you've kind of, I wouldn't say come around to it, but you know, you're, 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 it seems like you're leaning optimistic on the Marcus Stroman stuff at this point. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but do the Yankees have a bad offseason when it comes to pitching? Like when it comes to pitching, they missed out on Yamamoto, which we don't fault them for. We understand how that happened. Mm -hmm. But you missed Yamamoto. You didn't make any trade for a starter. And you got Marcus Stroman. For a starting rotation that was limping pretty much all last season and doing the best that they could, to be fair. And if you were all in, reportedly. Yeah. Was is this all in like when it comes down to net gain, you lose Michael King and add Marcus Stroman. Is that all in when it comes to the Yankees starting rotation? When you look at it from that front, I don't know. Like I really don't. Is he replacing Michael King or is he replacing Luis Severino? Or Domingo Herman? Right. I mean, either way you slice it, it would have been King's spot for 2024. Yeah. Right, because King would have likely been the three. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, it hasn't been a bad offseason at all, you know, no. when, when you look at the roster and you look at the moves that they made. But I feel like, you know, and we say this so many times because they say it all the time, if healthy, like they're relying too much on the if healthy, this is a strong team, but you can't, <laughs> we spoke about it on yesterday's show with Pakoda because of the way it does the projections, it doesn't take into account possible injuries. And I feel like the Yankees should know better. They've been burned so much in the past from this 
thinking of, oh, well, you know, if everyone stays healthy, everything should be fine. That never happens. It never happens. So it happened like for the Braves last year. Yeah. Except like outside of their rotation. Like that's what happened to the Braves. Is everyone stayed healthy. Like, wow, cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's the anomaly, right? That's that's the exception, not the rule. And then they still didn't make it that far in the playoffs. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. But I just feel yeah, like there's I, too I, much of that. Yeah, I mean, look, we've we've praised the Yankees. I think they've done a good job with their bullpen, a really good job. Uh, mm. I think that it's it's going to be one of the top three bullpens in all of baseball, if not number one. I think it really, really will be. I, I really like what the Yankees have done in the bullpen, uh, and that is considering you know losing out on Wandy Peralta, but you know adding and Caleb Ferguson and all these types of things. Like I do like what they've done in the pen. It seems like they've upgraded everything within reason, without upgrading the rotation because again mm -hmm. you're thinking yes you don't know what you're going to get out of what you were going to get out of michael king in 2024 that's fair you don't ever know what you're really going to get but i understand that when you pull out king and you slot in stroman that's really all that happened here that's mm -hmm. really all what happened here because i don't really chalk it up as, as you lost luis severino you lost domingo herman like what were you really losing at this point right let's be fair <laughs> so the rotation in my head, hasn't really changed all that much. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really just that one-for-one one swap in my brain. I know that's not exactly you know pen and paper here, but that is the reality of the situation because you weren't going to have Herman or Sevi anyway. That was right. gone. The moves you made were this. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, have they really upgraded the rotation or are they fully banking on Rodon and uh, Nestor to really bounce back and Schmidt to be good, if not a little bit better than he was last year. Right. Because when it, you there's a there's a lot of questions there still. Yeah, because when when you look at the rotation, right? So just let's do Cole, Rodon, Cortez, Stroman, Schmidt. It's not a bad rotation. <laughs> it's not. It's not. On paper, it's not. On paper. But, but like if you're looking at 2022 numbers, yeah. Yeah, I'll take that rotation if I'm looking at 2022 numbers, but I'm <laughs> yeah. looking at 2023 numbers too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm looking a little bit at that second half of Marcus Stroman. I'm not putting full stock into that, but I'm not ignoring that second half of 2023 with the injury and how he's going to bounce back and all that kind of stuff. There's yeah. a question mark for Marcus Stroman. It's not like he's bona fide aced out of nowhere. It's like there are questions lingering there too. Mm -hmm. There's there's questions in everybody but the ace. Right. And if they were all in, they failed in this regard, I think. Yeah, I think I if think they were they all in. Yeah, I think if they were all in, we would have seen Cease or Burns after the Yamamoto yes. thing didn't go through. Yeah. And it would have been Oswald and Jones. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. They held on to him, for better or worse. We'll see how Jones pans out. Uh perfect segue into the, our next segment because Lindsey Crosby is going to be talking a lot about Spencer Jones uh, on his show on Wednesday. Talked a lot about him as well as some other prospects. But of course, we want to hear how you feel about these, uh, these kind of hypotheticals or just kind of trying to see into the future here, right? Because you don't give them up and then they pan out and then no one ever talks about Corbin Burns in New York ever again, right? Those are the things that happen. So let us know. Can you look into your crystal ball in the comment section down below? All right. Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MLB Prospects talking the Yankee system next.
Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I love everything about Super Bowl Sunday, the game, the commercials, the food, especially the food, and the halftime show. I also love parlays. Those are always fun bets to make, and FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Back here on our Thursday edition of Locked On Yankees. Hey, Stacey, we do a lot of prospect coverage here on Locked On Yankees, and we love doing it, and we completely plan on doing it heading into this next season. Uh, but of course, we were just talking about Spencer Jones. We've talked a lot about Oswald Peraza. And of course, the Will Warrens, the Clayton Beaters. We're always talking to these guys here on the show because you don't come here just for the Yankee side. You come for the whole, the whole shebang. <laughs> so today, uh, we wanted to pull some segments from Wednesday's Locked On MLB Prospects. Lindsey Crosby, great dude. Super, super smart guy. This guy knows more baseball than I can even imagine. Uh, I'm sure you can ask him about a random high school game in Florida, and I'm sure he would know exactly what was going on. This guy is a genius. Um, so we wanted to get you guys a fresh perspective today because you're always hearing how I feel, how Stacy feels about these guys. It's nice to get a different perspective. So this is coming from Wednesday's Locked On MLB Prospects. We will leave a link to the full episode in the episode description, so you could definitely go check it out. And while you're over there, subscribe to that show because it's a great show. Um, so go check that out. But here's a couple of clips that we wanted to take. Uh, we'll start with Spencer Jones. Spencer Jones is a guy that we talk to a lot of people about. Just about every time that I am talking with somebody else in the prospect space, whether it's somebody from MLB.com who's coming on the podcast, whether it's a fantasy baseball person, whoever it might be. One of the things that I always bring up, just like an off-the-record chat, is their thoughts on Spencer Jones. And there is more, I would say there is less certainty and a wider range of potential outcomes for outfielder Spencer Jones than almost any other player that we discuss in these conversations and on the pod. So... First rounder out of Vanderbilt in 2022, and just what he did last year, just so you know where it was. 117 games between high A and double A. So between Hudson Valley and Somerset. 267, 336, 444 was the slash line for Spencer Jones. 16 homers, 49 extra base hits, 49 walks to 155 strikeouts, and 43 of 55 on stolen bases. There is a lot in that slash line, right? Uh, for instance, the power for Spencer Jones is very good, as you would expect from a guy who is 6'6", 6, 6'7", 6, 6, 225 or so. Like, his average exit velocity was 94 miles an hour, right? But when you look at that uh, he only hit 16 home runs, a big portion of that is his ground ball rate. He had the a uh, 49% ground ball rate last year. I think MLB average is just around 44. And so, 
you can see like in under the hood, you can see the numbers and the improvement that Spencer Jones was making throughout the year. The first half of the year, his contact rate was under 70%. It was like 67, 68%. But the second half of the year, which was mostly Hudson Valley, he only got 17 games in Somerset. Uh, but the back half of the year, it was like a 75% contact rate. So you can see where he's getting, he's improving throughout the season. But the big question you have to figure out is how much work do you do on intentionally uh, raising the launch angle, changing the swing to have more, more loft in the swing? Because yes, the ground ball rate is high, 49%, but he also struck out like 29% of the time. And typically when you raise the, like you try to add more loft to a swing, that means that the amount of time that the bat is in the zone usually ends up being less. And so usually you see some more swing and miss when you artificially increase the loft on a swing. Okay, so getting back to the New York Yankees farm system and trying to figure out what we what players you're going to see in 2024. There's a lot of pitchers here, and we've talked about everydayers have heard this before about how the Yankees deserve to be up there in the conversation for organizations that are some of the best at developing pitching. The one kind of caveat to that is we haven't really seen these Yankees pitchers make it to the majors, right? They end up being trade pieces and trade assets to go out to other teams, which that is a viable use for prospects, right? The it, If you develop a prospect and trade him for a major league asset, that is not a failed a failure on your part. That is just a different utility of a prospect than what most people expect. But some of these pitchers, let's talk about Chase Hampton. Let's talk about Will Warren and then Clayton Beater if we have some time. So Chase Hampton, sixth rounder in 2022 out of Texas Tech, got 20 starts between high A and double A last year. Almost even. He had a he had nine in Hudson Valley and 11 in Somerset, but four and three with a 3.63 ERA and 106 and two thirds innings, 145 strikeouts, so 12.2 per nine, 237 walks, 3.1 per nine, 13 home runs allowed, just over one home run per nine innings. And the thing for Hampton is it all comes back to a really good fastball. So it sits in the mid 90s. The velocity is good. It doesn't blow you away, but it's got about 20 inches of induced vertical break. And I think it was two weeks ago on the Pirate Show, we were talking about the shape of the fastball of Paul Skeens, and we broke down how this works. Once you're hitting about 17 or 18 inches of induced vertical break, that's getting plus two elite numbers of induced vertical break. This thing's 19 to 20, so very good fastball up in the zone. He, he To go along with that, he has... Uh, a high spin slider in the mid to upper 80s. It's like 86, 87 or so. A vertical breaking curveball in the high 70s. And then a rarely used changeup. It's also in the upper 80s, but could be a little bit softer. That's fine. And then he added a cutter last year to give himself another option. I believe it was against lefties was the goal of that. And so he's covering a lot of different velocity bands, a lot of different directions, and it's just a really good package. Now, none of them outside of the fastball are necessarily amazing. 
but quite a few of them are above average. And then, of course, it all keys off of that very good fastball that is hard to hit when you elevate it. So it's a good package for Chase Hampton. What I want to see is just continued development through the minors, right? Like he's invited the spring training. Don't think he's going to make the team. Again, he's got 11 starts in double A. But I could see an assignment to AAA to open the year, or I could see AA to AAA with the goal of him being up a little bit later. Many thanks to Lindsey Crosby for that. Again, you should definitely go subscribe uh, to his show because he's smart and great. And uh, be be the well-rounded, the well-rounded Yankees fan, right? Like that's yeah. or just like well-rounded baseball fan. I I, I definitely learn from from him. He's he's got all the numbers and stuff. It's great. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't know how his brain retains all that information because my brain gets too full sometimes and I forget things that I used to know. It's weird. I don't like how that happens, but he's like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You guys have never seen it, but like the uh, pages of information just flows out of Stacy's ears. It's really yep. wild. You should, it's kind of gross. You shouldn't, shouldn't be around for that. <laughs> uh, Stacey, what do we got coming up on tomorrow's episode? It's Fan Mail Friday. So get those questions in. You can leave them either below the pin comment below or you can join our insiders club and you get priority when you ask questions so maybe you should do that because that's always fun. oh yeah oh yeah and one of our insiders is actually going to be leading the episode tomorrow with their questions so it's going to be really really cool so make sure to check that out tomorrow because stacy and i are going to play a really interesting game on tomorrow's episode so make sure to stick around for that all right that's going to do it for today's episode of lockdown yankees i'm steve granado and i'm stacy godsulius we'll see you tomorrow <laughs>